It didn't take much more than a bottle and two chairs to make a speakeasy. This is what Daniel Okrent said in his book, Last Call, The Rise and Fall of Prohibition. Today, join us for some stories. Get your own bottle, glass, mug, and relax. This is Speak Easily, and I'm your host, Krista Stauffer. It's right by me. It's very close. Yeah, yeah. It's a strange little neighborhood. Again, you know, yeah. what, the gas bill says Gahanna. Everything else says Columbus. But we're, <laughs> we're Westerville schools. Go figure. So where do they go then? Uh, so my stepson went to Blendon Middle School. Okay. And you would think he would have gone to South, but he, he didn't. He went to Central, didn't he? No, he went to North. North? Makes even less sense. Oh, my gosh. So we're weird. Huber Ridge, um, which is just... 161 neighborhood north of it, Buenos yes. Aires. Yes, yes, um, yes. Right there. And he's in Strawberry Farms. Oh, yeah. So we're all neighbors. Yeah. Yeah. And our kids go to Central. So we have to pass by the other two schools to get that to Central. No, well, because they want to mix the We animals. live in the far south side of Westerville, and our kids are going north. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Go figure. Yeah, well, you if, if you look at the map, it's like, yeah. you know, They're it's like, totally weird. Uh, you go here. Right. My and stepson came home one day after going to Blendon, and he goes, you know, I'm going to North, right? And I was like, no, you're not. That doesn't make any sense. Why would you go to the high school right next to your middle school? Oh, that's right. right? It's connected, isn't he it? He didn't go there. He went to North. That's so strange. Is he done? He's done. Cool? Yeah. Okay. Where is yeah. he now? Uh, he's just working, living in Columbus. Okay. Living his best life. Good for him. Yeah. When did he graduate then? Uh, he graduated in 2018. Okay. So a while back. Right before the yes, shutdown of yeah. everything. Yep. Good. Yeah. I feel so bad for those kids that Terrible. graduated in 2020. Terrible. Like the drive-by graduation parties and so oh, it was terrible. miserable. All the social stuff they missed out yeah. on. Yeah. So depressing. Yeah. And there's no coming back yeah, for that. You know, fix. No, no, unfortunately. And I had so many theater kids that started like their freshman year of BFA programs. Mm. They were like, I don't even this know sucks. if I'm going to stick with exactly. this anymore. you're online. Yeah. So stupid. Yep. In these closed up dorm rooms. Joe was in college at mm. the time. You were an RA, right, Joey? I was. It was brutal. Um, yep. I was also an RA over the COVID floor. So like, oh, I got paid extra, which was cool. But with the potential of getting of sick. risking your life, yeah. Oh, jeez. Right. Superpower. I mean, that's right. nice of them. Really, anybody allowing you to live is right. a good thing. Jeez. He's capital. Oh, yeah. Yes. We're supposed to be enemies. Yes. Mortal enemies. Exactly. Right. <laughs> Even though I think that was a sports ball thing. Yeah. That we don't care about. I No. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't go to many sports ball. <laughs> Capital doesn't have a theater yeah. program. Not anymore. That's what happened. Oh, Otterbein did them in. Mm. in a, dun, dun, dun. In a late night Shets. Shets? Jets versus Sharks. That was a Shets versus Shets versus <laughs> Sharks. Wow. Versus, yes. Yes. Uh, Crusaders. Or Crusaders? Yeah. The Comets? Yeah. I don't think I got that memo. Okay. I didn't either. Well, mm. what? I, that's mm. weird. They tried to change us to otters. Really? Oh, oh it was so stupid. Yeah, yeah. And this, this, I mean, it was adorable. Yeah. But he was like mm. in a turtleneck and everything. Mm. We were no. like, no, can't have an thank otter in a turtleneck. No, that's not scary. Yeah. Where did you go to college? Arizona State. Yeah, okay. so I'm from Arizona originally. What part? Yeah. From Phoenix. Oh, yeah. born and raised. I love Arizona so much. I do just not march through October. It's well, just damn hot. Fair. That's why I don't live there anymore. My grandparents were in Lake Havasu City for nice. years. Beautiful. So Phoenix was always our flying place. Yes. <clears throat> Excuse me. And grandma was a fan of the sun, I guess mm-hmm. is a good way to put it. Mm-hmm. She's still here. My granddad was the one that had skin cancer, but she would put baby oil on yep. her skin yep. and then walk eight miles in the heat. <clears throat> She's fine. She's still here. Some people are are just made for that. I am not. <laughs> but you grew up there. I did. Oh, my goodness. And I suffered through many summers. A lot of I got to get out of here, yeah. Did you have the thing where the kids would play at, like, midnight? Was that a thing? Uh, 
no. I mean, you could still burn your feet on the sidewalk at midnight. Oh, fair. So you're, yeah. you're outside, you know. But I mean, we tried to do things after the sun went down, but it's still 100 degrees. So yeah. you gotta pick your poison. I Did mean, you so. do a lot of water activities then? Yeah. I mean, okay. there was the local swimming pool that was yeah. open all the time, and we went to that a lot, okay. you know. Um, went to California sometimes in the summer for a yeah. week so just to get away from the heat. But it's just oh, the summer it was 122 mm-hmm. recorded. I said, I can't live here. That was when I was in high school, and I oh said, I gosh. must find a way out. And my way out was grad school. And so I ended up in Columbus. Did so, you go to OSU though? I did. Okay. Uh, yeah. For, yeah. That's a hike though. Yeah. And a very drastic it temperature was a, change. It was a huge culture shock actually uh-huh. being in the Midwest because I, you know, grew up. Oh, in it's a very yeah. different. It's very different. Yeah. Yeah. It was good though. Are most people from Arizona transplants? Most. Okay. Now, my generation, you know, people who were born in the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s would have all been transplants. I wasn't, but okay. my parents both were. Where'd they come know. from? Then? Uh, so my mom <laughs> came from Anchorage, Alaska. So, oh yeah. my gosh! Yeah, she was. Uh, she was there because my grandfather was stationed at the Air Force a base there. And okay. She, but she had family in Arizona, and so she applied to University of Arizona and Arizona State. And whichever letter she got first, she went there, and she ended up going to University of Arizona, oh which my was gosh. my dad. My dad was born in Detroit, but had horrible health problems, and so he this needed was the, the 40s. sun. Then okay. you moved, you moved west for yep. your allergies and asthma, and yep. so they moved to Tucson, and that's how they met. Yeah, oh my gosh. yeah. But I always ask people there, like I would never ask ask someone from Ohio, "How'd your family get here?" Because I'd say, "I don't know." Two hundred years ago, they right. showed up on a we whatever. Got yeah, we got here. here exactly, but in Arizona, it's a little bit more remote. Like, yeah, how? Why? Because right. the state's only hundred years old. So, oh, that's yeah. true. I grew up in Denver. Okay. So I was born in Denver, nice. and then mom got a job at OSU, which oh, nice. brought us here. But yeah, yeah, I need the heat. I might actually retire in Arizona. Yeah, yeah I do like the heat. I want to be a snowbird. That's my okay. aspiration. <laughs> when would you leave then? Um, you mean for, like like to go oh, to oh, warmer. October? Okay, uh, October, November. I'd want to go to Arizona and then come back maybe in March. That's not bad. Yeah, yeah. Like do six months here because it would get there. about to eighties by then, yeah. wouldn't it? Yeah, sometimes hotter. Yeah. I like it, though. Yeah. I love the dry heat. Yeah. We tried last Christmas to go to um, Sedona. Mm, We didn't make it, but thanks, Southwest, for that. Oh, no. Yes. Chicago was interesting for four days. But no, I I love every part of Arizona, and I love the mountains. It's so diverse and gorgeous and all of the Native American culture is so beautiful. And uh, I grew up with a ton of Navajo kids. Mm -hmm. So I I knew more about that culture than I knew about Midwestern culture. I mean, that was, again, that's, it was kind of foreign to me. They're just all of the Scandinavian influences Mm -hmm. and so many German folks and like just, just cultures that I just wasn't. Amish. Amish, exactly. Yeah. No, no Amish people in Arizona. I I can't imagine. Yeah. Mormons perhaps. Many Mormons. Yes. A lot of Mormons. A family. Really? Yep. Yep. Okay, so yep. it's not just the Nevada area, then. No, because you figure it. It it since we border Utah, mm-hmm. you know that there. Were, but I, my neighborhood that I grew up in was amazing because we were the Jewish family. There were all the Hispanic families, tons of Black families, Vietnamese, Mormon. Oh, cool. I mean, and I, when you grow up a certain way, you kind of assume that things are that way other mm-hmm. places. And when I moved here, especially I feel like in the late 90s, this city was kind of segregated. Yeah. You know, there were chunks of areas. Mm-hmm. I feel more so now, like my neighborhood is incredibly um, diverse in, yeah. we, we have a lot of Somalian families yep. and all sorts of families, which is cool, but that's more the way I grew up than right. these separated. Interesting yeah, things. Uh, that makes sense. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. I do. I, we were really young when I moved from Denver, so I don't know, I don't recall yeah. how diverse it was. Much more Latino population course, than right. than anything right. else, but like mom and in her younger years grew up more toward the the reservations mm-hmm. and said, had some of that. And my my grandma yeah. still has a lot of the Native American dolls in That's the house, awesome. and yeah, yep. so. And yeah. lots of vases. She collects vases. Cool. Yeah, which was okay until there was an earthquake in Arizona. Uh-huh. Seeing everything shaking on That's the walls. That's terrifying. Did you have earthquakes no, when I you were? No, I never experienced that, no. It wasn't major. Okay. I mean, it was a little very tiny. Yeah. But still, it was kind of like, I yeah. was in an earthquake. Wow. Ooh. That is yeah. a claim to fame. I'm sure I've never been in an earthquake. That's okay. Yeah. yeah. I don't think you need to, like, okay. bucket list that okay. I'm. <laughs> have you been in a tornado? I have not. I've been very close to a tornado. Okay. I was driving back from Indianapolis once, and it was really scary. That is scary. We know it was close. We kept waiting to hear the train, and then we'd wait a little bit. Mm. And and the, I think that's probably as close as I've ever been to a tornado. Yeah. yeah. No good. Man, I don't. 
Mm-mm. Do you remember when we used to like sit in the hallway with the English book on the head? Like that was going to well, no, do anything? Because, because I didn't grow up here. Oh, you did. Right? That's right. right. So we wouldn't yeah. have a tornado drill ever. Right. Oh, I never had true. a snow day. Never would have had a tornado no. drill. Did you do earthquake drills? No, never. never so done, there was never. nothing. There's nothing. Fire just ant heat. drills? Just, just heat. Okay. Just heat <laughs> just drills. Heat, stay out of the heat. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And I was trying to think if school had ever been canceled and I, I'm sure it was canceled one time because the power went out because you can't have oh. kids with no air conditioning. No, that's but true. Never, of course, Jeez. never a weather day or snow day or anything. Like so yeah, that's insane. Well, when I got here, the lockers are inside. You had them outside. Everyone. Oh, that makes sense. Everyone has them outside now. If yours was in the sun, there were certain times of the day that you could barely touch it because you know it's uh-huh. hot. But yeah. What about outdoor playgrounds? Did you have metal slides? Oh yeah, absolutely. I Did mean, you lots, really? Lots of people don't have skin. You know. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, and you just knew what time of year that you just couldn't touch it. It was too hot. You know. But yeah. Oh my. I gosh. mean, they've tried to move away from that. Oh now. yeah. Yeah. Covered the whole thing. Yeah. The little shades right? and everything. Oh yeah. my gosh. It's, it's very different. Yeah. Yeah. When we were, my grandparents moved, I think, in 88 to Havasu, so we were still pretty young. Yeah. We met kids in the neighborhood that said they played outside at midnight in the <laughs> summer. We didn't know if that was a thing. Yeah. We were also like, we, yeah, we're Maybe not allowed. Maybe it was a little safer in Maybe. Lake Havasu. I don't know. It was very much a retirement yeah. village. We used to go with the Kiwanis folk <laughs> to go to the grocery store and tape coupons on grocery items. Oh. It was so- there wasn't much to do with my grandparents Apparently. over the summer. <laughs> Did you see the the London Bridge? Oh yeah, yeah, okay, great. yeah. It was right there, yeah. and they had a pontoon, so we went on oh, the lake quite a nice. bit. And those were the good days. There were a lot of long, long days because I would stay the entire summer mm-hmm. with them just yeah. to get out of my parents' hair. And my parents were performing in the summer, so nice. it was sort of nice to get us away. Yes, kind of like oh, they were really smart, <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. Do you have siblings then? I do. I have a, just one sister, okay. younger sister, and then she has three kids. Okay. So those are the love, loves of my life, my two nephews and my niece. Are they here? They are not. They're all in okay. Phoenix. So I get home about four times a year. My niece nice. is going to be Grandpa Joe in her elementary school's performance of Willy Wonka. So oh, I'll be there okay. at the end of April. Willy Wonka Jr.? Willy Wonka Jr. Okay. Yep. She, she's in most scenes, though, because that's a big role, that right? That is a big role. Yeah. My eldest played Mrs. Bucket. Nice. In Willy Wonka Jr. Nice. Yes. And then we saw Wonka not too long ago. Nice. And just in tears, just recalling yeah. how wonderful the show was. It's a great show. Yeah. Were you a performer growing up? No, just 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 a Flautist. musician. Yeah, exactly. Did you start with flute? I did. That's okay. been the same throughout. Yeah. Okay. How old yeah. were you when you started? Eight, which is a little too That's young. That's young. It's too young. Um, if I had to do it again, I would not have started that early. Okay. It's probably better to start on a 12? string instrument or a oh, piano. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Closer to 12. They started in fourth grade where I was, mm-hmm. but I also skipped a grade. So I was a little bit younger than my okay. peers. So, okay. so, well, I mean, you know. And, um, yeah, it's just always been flute. They, okay. my t- I had teachers that tried to kind of draw me to other instruments that were more sort of scholarship instruments. You know, the fewer people play them for mm. the, the bassoon, for example, and the string bass, for example. Mm-hmm. I was tall, so, you know, string oh, bass, yeah. you know, all yeah. those things. But it was always flute. You like the flute. Yeah. Did the fi- was your family musical? Not particularly. My dad had a beautiful voice, and my mom always sang in choir and things mm-hmm. like that. But not- they were both theater majors, though, in college. Okay. So there's that. Yeah, they knew. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, get that. Yeah. Get that fully. Was Is your sister a mu- musician? She is not. She's a very talented musician, but she she was more dance-focused. Okay. So um, she she won't, she would never say that, that she mm-hmm. was a talented musician, but she had a great ear. She played French horn. She played violin. Um, and she's very arts-minded. Mm-hmm. Again, did dance for a long time. Dance is hard. You know, she had a knee injury, and that was it. You know, so she went. She was doing dance education, and then she decided okay. to just do education okay. after the knee thing. So, yeah, yeah. It's so hard because there is an expiration to that career. It, there, it just is. The parts wear out. Yeah, you know, you don't have any choice. Yeah. It's brutal yeah. on the body. Yeah. I can't dance yeah, no. very well. Yeah. I mean, I can move. I'm what we yeah. call a mover in yeah. the theater. Yes, exactly. It means it, you don't yeah. dance well. Right. Actors who move. Yes, please yes. don't make me. Right. I'd prefer not to move. Put me in the back. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> please put me in the back. No. Yeah. So did you go to undergrad for flute then? Mm-hmm. Did you really? I did. Mm-hmm. What was yeah. the intention with that? Like uh, To play in an orchestra. Okay. So that is why it, when you study an instrument like that, mm-hmm. um, it's to get a job playing in an orchestra. Yeah. 
in the in the mid to late 90s, that was a reasonable expectation to think that okay. one would get a degree in an instrument mm-hmm. and get a job in an orchestra because there were a lot of orchestras. Yeah. They were not out west, and that's why I knew a move to somewhere else was going okay. to be inevitable just yeah. for opportunity's sake. Again, right. Arizona is a very young state. Yeah. So More established. I- exactly, yeah. exactly. I mean, the, the historic neighborhoods, the houses are from the 60s. You know, Jeez. so, well, because think yeah. about it, if it, you know, before that, it wouldn't have been. No, nothing. Been, you know, roads. And no, yeah. yeah. So I knew that moving to the, somewhere else was going to be inevitable. Mm-hmm. But what also happened concurrently is that things started to dry up, mm-hmm. is that the opportunities, you know, orchestra started to fold. Um, funding for the arts has always been difficult. Mm-hmm. And that time was particularly challenging. Yeah. And so I moved to Columbus in 98 to do my master's okay. because that is what you did. You got yeah. an undergrad and then you went and studied with somebody else mm-hmm. and took up orchestral auditions, which is really competitive. Mm-hmm. Um, when the last time the Columbus Symphony had an audition for a flute spot, remember there are only two. Mm-hmm. There's flute one, there's uh-huh. flute two, and there's piccolo. So there's three, but two flute spots. They heard 100 people. Oh, my God. So you have to be the best of person on that day at that moment. And what they do is they'll send – so anybody can apply, and then mm-hmm. they weed it down to who is appropriate and they think would be yeah. a good audition. Yeah. And then you go in rounds of eight or ten people, kind of like a cattle call, where I'm number one, you're number two, three, Jeez. down the list. They hear those ten people, and then they decide which from that round are going to move on to the finals. And so it they might can't be, even pick two from that round. They could. Oh, they could. They okay. could, but they're not going to pick eight, <laughs> right? They could, pretend, could pick two or they could pick none. And – once that part of your audition is over, if they don't advance you, you're done. So you've driven all that way. You've flown all that way. You've spent all that oh money to gosh. play for two minutes. I mean, it's oh, really tough. And too. this is just the way it is. This isn't, you know, this, yeah. is, this is how orchestras work. And part of that is to keep fairness. Mm-hmm. That if, you know, if you walk out on stage, you, someone might have a preconceived notion on how you look or your mm-hmm. gender. That's when that really started is that they, you know, there were no women in orchestras. Right. And so they want to do these blind auditions. But, again, if you don't play precisely and perfectly or what they perceive to be that, mm-hmm. the, the, the committee, then then that's it for you. Oh so I did that racket for a while. But you, you have to have a patron. Like, yeah. you know, teaching private lessons and playing gigs doesn't pay for enough Mm-mm. for you to be touring around the country taking these auditions. No. So it's a rough life. It's really, really tough. So do they have, um, I guess, the equivalent of like an agency or talent management for – Orchestral players, do they do anything like that? Mm, not that I'm aware of. I mean, if you're a soloist, if you're touring around okay. with orchestras, you you'd have a manager. Have a manager. Oh, of yeah. course, and you'd have a press person and all of that. But yeah, just the average person trying to get a gig in an orchestra doesn't, so you're doing it all by yourself. So if somebody plays with the symphony, yeah. they're rehearsing, what, three, four times a week and then playing for – You'd have your whole season. You'd know mm-hmm. that we're, you know, you're engaged for say forty weeks, something okay. like that, and um, then that also gives you opportunities to possibly teach or mm-hmm. play other things. Mm-hmm. But right, so you would know your whole repertoire for the year and everything. But to secure that job is just no easy feat. I can't. I can't even. No, it's a rough go. No. Yeah. So you go. went to grad school then for MFA and flute. Uh, it was a master's of music. Master's yeah. Of so music. they don't do okay. for for whatever reason they don't do an MFA okay. in music for some reason. So just art and dance and yeah. Oh, so that's just, true. Just an MM. MM. Yeah. So you have yeah. your MM. I do. M and M. Yes. That's amazing. Yeah. And was the intention then just to keep going and keep auditioning? And- yes. Um, it, it was, and I spent two years, this was pre-internet, pre, mm-hmm. pre-social media. And, and I, I really think that my experience would have been different had social media been so popular because I was trying to organize meetup groups for other people that were teaching and play. And that was very hard pre, it was just yeah. email, right? Yeah. And I, for two years, I taught 40 private students a week. I built up this huge studio and I thought, this is not a career for me. Mm-hmm. It's maybe a career for some others. Mm-hmm. So I had a really unique opportunity. Um, my grandmother had a long, beautiful life and had mm-hmm. set aside some money for my sister and I, her only heirs, that um, any education we had not pursued at that point, we could use that. So I actually did do mm. a doctorate. So okay. I have a DMA, Doctor of Musical Arts. Oh my gosh. And in that is if you want to teach at the college level. Okay. So you do have to have a doctorate for that. Basically. I mean, it's okay. you if you don't, if you only have a master's degree, as if that's an only, if you only have a right. master's degree, if you have commensurate experience, for example, if I'd played in a professional orchestra yeah. for 20 years, yeah. 
that would sure. be a I'd be competitive for college jobs, but college jobs are incredibly I, I mean there's one or two a year. Mm-hmm. So those are very, very highly sought as well. So I just chose the most difficult route yeah. each yeah. way. Yep. You know, which one had the most obstacles and challenges? Uh-huh. I'm going that direction. That's okay. Yeah, but that's so. made you who you are. It is. Too. It is. Yeah. And it's led me to the the path, you know, where I am, mm-hmm. which I'm very happy with. Yeah. So, so it's good. What did you do then after the doctorate? So I started teaching at Otterbein in 2005. What? I've exactly. heard of that Exactly. Exactly. We love Otterbein. So and I just missed you then. Yes. When did you yeah. come? 2000, I graduated 2002. Oh, yeah. You, I mean, so, you, uh, yeah, you might have had a class with me if you'd waited a few more years, you know? No, <laughs> I didn't. I was a theater major, right, so I, I didn't. Taught, I taught in the INST program. Do you know about that? So I did. The integrative uh-huh. studies. So I taught a lot of world music, so you would have had to yeah. take a 2600 class. And anyway. I took really bad ones. I should okay. have taken years. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Some of those yeah. were not fun. Not great. No, yeah. no. But I um, – so I started teaching, and mm-hmm. and I don't know if you – do you know the musical uh, Funny Girl mm-hmm. with Barbara Streisand? Mm-hmm. So there's that great scene where they ask her, you know, well, we have a role for you, but we want to know, can you roller skate? And she says, of course I can roller skate. And then the next scene is her out flailing Trying, around. Yeah. On, yeah. Yep. That was kind of my college teaching career I was hired to teach flute. Gosh. But at the last minute, they had an opening to teach the Woodwind Methods class where you teach the oboe, bassoon, and saxophone. Remember I said mm. I played bassoon, uh-huh. played a little saxophone yeah. too. I got really good at teaching that. And then mm-hmm. they asked me, can you teach a world music class? I said, of course I can teach a world music class. And <laughs> How to teach world music. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. I was writing the tests the week before uh-huh. and learning the material. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I have a few brain cells. That's, I can figure that out. You always and stay one lesson ahead exactly, of them, right? Exactly. Exactly. And then you have, once you do it, you can do it again mm-hmm. and do it even better. And so I, I really fell in love with teaching. Okay. I mean, I didn't do music ed because I was not going to be a teacher like mm-hmm. my mother my yeah. sister, my grandmother, my great grandmother. I was not going to do that. Gosh. Yeah. Um, but I ended up teaching. I yeah. ended up really, really loving it. But teaching um, as an adjunct is a very mm-hmm. challenging way to make a living. Yep. And again, I'm I'm on the periphery of this whole world. One job comes open a year, mm-hmm. you know, and I applied for those jobs, but they were in far flung places that I had no desire to live mm-hmm. in. I won't I won't mention the cities, but places I just didn't want to live, you yeah. know, and be the celebrated flute professor and yeah. have a Walmart in the city and that would be it. Right. You know? I just no. I didn't want to do that. So I was on that I call it the adjunct hamster wheel and it's not an Otterbein problem, it's a no. higher ed yep. problem, you know, where yep. they, they rely on mm-hmm. non tenured faculty to teach all of the things. Mm-hmm. And I was getting close to 40 and I said, you know, I need a real job and I need something not only with benefits but with with upward motion, you right. know. So I did I did something smart and I do that so infrequently. I always joke that I brag about it a lot. So mm-hmm. what I did is I told everyone that I knew that I was looking for a job. And I said, I really, lots of people have been trying to push me into arts admin before that, mm-hmm. but I just was so focused on the flute. Yeah. You know, I was terrified to give up this thing that I had right. pursued for so long and, and I love and still makes me happier mm-hmm. than anything else. Mm-hmm. And so I told everyone I knew I was looking for something. And a friend of mine was working at Jazz Arts Group at the time, mm. very part-time as mm-hmm. the orchestra manager for the okay. Columbus Jazz Orchestra. Mm-hmm. And she, I'd just gotten married in May, and she actually called me on my honeymoon, which I thought was strange because she knew I was on my honeymoon. She said, I am leaving Columbus. My husband got a job out of town. You have got to apply for this job. And that conversation changed my life because like let me put my margarita down exactly exactly Mm -hmm. update my resume Mm -hmm. and everything and the joke is that she told byron stripling the artistic director who i worked with for almost a decade that he would be an idiot if he didn't hire me well who wants to be an idiot right so he hired me smart very smart and it turned out it was a dream job it was a perfect job for a person like me with Mm -hmm. such a strong background in music Mm -hmm. organized people focused attention to detail and it just took off. And I was really good at it. And I loved every minute of it. And then uh, pretty soon after I started, we needed someone to run our annual gala. And I, as I often do, without thinking, raised my hand and said, I could do it. I, I've mm-hmm. got all the skill. I knew yeah. I've done a million events. If right. you're a musician, it's like yeah. it's like you. You could you could do development because of all of your your theater stuff. Scares like scares me, but well, yeah. but it's not as scary as you think, though. Yeah. Yeah. And so I ran the gala and it went great. And then the next year I was the 
artistic director, Byron, was approached by someone who took classical conductors and their patrons to mm. Cuba. And they called him and said, are there people in Columbus that could pay to, you know, $5,000 a pop to go to Cuba? And, and Byron said, I'm sure there are, but you should talk to Kim. Mm -hmm. So we took two groups and then I'm taking a group uh, for the MAC. In two weeks, we're going to Havana. So there's 35 of us going. Yeah. Cuba right now. Yeah, Cuba would be perfect. About 85 right mm -hmm. now? Yep. yep. Do you need a production assistant? No, I don't. Okay, and my suitcase I... is full. Okay, that's fine. I can't fit in there. I'm not going to even <laughs> attempt that, but I'll, I'll offer well, as a production the, one assistant. One of the, 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 the long, slender, uh, uh, you know, folding bags you could fit in. Fair. Just, you know, yeah. I just don't want to lay at the bottom of a plane <laughs> no, either. No, I'd, I'd like to ride on a plane. Oh, yeah, definitely not a seat on the plane. Hit a okay. certain <laughs> age and you're like, yeah, I'll take a seat. Thank you. <laughs> That's amazing. How yeah. many people are going then? 35. Oh, my gosh. Mm -hmm. And yeah. what do you do when you're there? So what we do is, you know, you cannot go and be a tourist in mm. Havana. There is, you know, this embargo between the U.S., yeah. a very, very uh, strict embargo. Mm -hmm. We can't bring anything back. Whatever we're bringing with us, we have to declare that our, our items okay. to support the Cuban people. Yeah. I, you couldn't bring – like if you wrote a book, you couldn't bring, bring 30 books and try to sell them there. That's mm -hmm. not going to work. We don't do right. business with Cuba. Yeah. So we are there officially on our on our documents in support of the Cuban people. And the way that we will be doing that is through okay. the medium of arts. Yeah. So we will attend concerts. We will go mm -hmm. to the Juilliard of Cuba. Cuba is the, it's called ISA, ISA. Mm -hmm. uh, we will go there. We will give musicians uh, mouthpieces and reeds and items. Cool. We, there is a, a daycare that the organization is connected with that, that we always include a stop there where we drop off donations there. Mm -hmm. My favorite part is the name of the church that is associated with the um, the daycare. It is the Church for the Love of God. That's the name of it. <laughs> for the love of yes, God. Yes, that's, that's Oh, that's amazing. But that's what we'll do, and we'll we'll oh, enjoy cool. the art and the culture and the food and the rum. It's almost like a musical mission in a way. That's a great description. The last time I went, um, some of the musicians described me as the musician Santa Claus because I brought all of these, you know, mm -hmm. gifts. This time, I'm not focusing on musicians so much. I'm bringing aspirin and band aids, yeah. and because they have suffered terribly through the mm -hmm. pandemic. Okay. Yeah. They. Yeah. They have really, really not had what they needed. So yeah. I'm trying to bring as many of those things oh, okay. yeah, for them. So, yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. And two weeks from now, too. Two weeks from today. You're looking at the temperatures every day like, yeah, I got this. I can uh, make this through. I, I can gain 75 degrees in uh -huh. two weeks. That would be great. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yep. My goodness. Not like the Arizona sun. No, no. Different. Are you a beach person? Oh, yeah. I'm Are you really? a beach person. I okay. love it. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I've been to a lot of countries in the Caribbean. So, okay. Yeah. And you're a traveler then. I am. My husband, when we met, he's 11 years older than I am. Okay. And he already had a son. And he said, you know, I don't – I don't think any more kids are in the cards mm -hmm. for me. And he said, if that's if that's yeah. non-negotiable for you, yeah. I understand, but we should discuss this now. Right. And I really respected that and thanked him for that. Mm -hmm. And I said, I'm I'm 99% sure that that is okay. I've, I've mm -hmm. made that decision without you mm -hmm. before I met you. Yeah. you know? I said, however, if we're not going to have kids, that we're gonna then we're going to travel. So we have been together for 15 years, and we've been to 15 countries together. So that's amazing. What's been the word? best? Can you oh, narrow it down? It's hard. Um, South Korea. It was absolutely incredible. Okay. I love that we went to Russia, Ooh. and I don't know if we'll make it back to Russia in, yeah. our, in our lifetime because yeah. of the strife over there. We we spent a weekend in Saint Petersburg. That was we saw we saw a ballet company do Swan Lake in, in with a live orchestra in Saint Petersburg. I mean, that's kind of like okay, next level. Yeah, next level arts experience. Buenos Aires, Argentina was amazing. Yeah, we, uh, we've been really lucky. We, we did Machu Picchu. Okay, yeah, that's cool. Was yeah. it scary? Yeah, I also didn't feel well. The altitude mm, is no joke. It is no joke. And we really overscheduled ourselves on the trip. So we had been a bunch of places before we went there. And the altitude sickness, you don't know before you get there. Who, they Sometimes marathon runners are affected by it. Mm -hmm. And some people who are old and frail are fine. You know, so yeah. it just does it. I, I just, I, especially on the Machu Picchu day, mm -hmm. I did not feel well. But I wasn't going to miss much no. unless they were going to have to cart me up uh -huh. there, you know. Yeah. yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, especially growing up, I mean, Phoenix is lower in the States, yes. but yes. you get up in the mountains and yeah. 
Yeah. Even going back to Denver a couple of years ago, oh, I was yeah. like, yeah, I've been in Colorado too long. I always drink a lot of water uh-huh. when I go out to Colorado, yeah, uh-huh. because that altitude will, yeah. yeah. But before we left, I went to CVS and asked them, there's some medication that you take that helps uh, altitude With sickness. The, okay. And I think I was able to buy five milligram, mm-hmm. whatever it was. Mm-hmm. When we got there, my husband was so sick and I went to the pharmacy and they had a hundred milligram oh pills and he still wasn't better. And I was finally at the point where I called the front desk. I said, I have yeah. a real problem. He's, yeah. he's really ill. I, I was thinking they were going to take him to the hospital. Yeah. They came to our room with an oxygen tank, which they do twice a day, they said for people. And he had a couple puffs on the oxygen tank. Okay. It was good to go. Really? Jeez. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The porter just rolled it on in. I'm sure they're used to that, yeah. though. Mm-hmm. You kind of have to be. Yeah. In that altitude, yeah. I don't, what is altitude sickness even like? Is it, it stomach feels, or? It's, it's a little stomachy. It's it's you just feel nauseated like m- yeah. morning. Like you you know, you just – some days you don't feel good, but you mm-hmm. can do something about it. Mm-hmm. Like you'll have water, you'll have food, you'll have a nap, yeah. or whatever. There's no this feeling. But I, I always felt like I had a backpack on with like a 50-pound child oh. on me. Just a weightiness that yeah. just doesn't feel good. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. That's not fun. That part wasn't fun, but it was still worth it to see it. True. So, yeah. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. What else? Like, do you – where's the next – I mean, besides Cuba, like, yeah, do you have Cuba's a next. plan for this year? Yeah, this year is uh, my husband will turn 60, and then in, in mm-hmm. 2025 I turn 50. Okay. So as, as most of our friends, mm-hmm. all in that same age range are getting close to there. Uh-huh. And um, we are going to do Hawaii in December. We have a friend who lives there, and she invited us to spend Christmas with her. Mm-hmm. Oh, darn. Yeah, but I'm so in, sorry. In regards, me too. In regards into, <laughs> to international travel, I have a student who – who is in the Columbus uh, Children's Choir. Yeah. And next summer, they are doing Vienna, Budapest, and something mm. else. And that's been kind of on our list for a while. I want to okay. go do the Mozart stuff, you yep. know, see all that. Mm-hmm. So I think that probably will be okay. next. Yeah. We had a wonderful trip scheduled for May of 2020. It was to go to China and Taiwan, and it obviously did not happen. Oh, jeez. And, and the way we figured out that it was finally not going to happen, I had a former Otterbein student mm-hmm. who had taken some classes with me, and I love him. His name is Colby Kindle. He's incredibly— I know Colby. Yeah. That's his name. He, yeah. He's, he's in The Wiz right now. You might have okay. heard of it. That show. Crazy. Yeah, uh-huh. that little show that's uh-huh. kind of blowing up yeah. the world. NBD. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. So Colby was in Come From Away in Sydney, mm-hmm. and they were going to Shanghai, and it was going to be the time that we were going to be in China. Okay. So I was looking up tickets, and, and we'd already planned our trip, but I called the travel agent. I was like, we have to go to Shanghai, yeah. even if it's for a weekend, to see Colby. And at like four in the morning of the week after the shutdown or something, he Facebook messaged me because it would have been 4 p.m. And, yeah. or whatever in, in Sydney, and he said the tour got canceled. And I was like, Mm. Oh my God! I think our trip isn't happening. Mm-mm. You know that denial uh-huh. of those first oh, yeah, weeks, absolutely. where you thought, "Yeah, this will be bird flu, and we right. don't know anything about." This it. This is so. a long spring break. That's mm-hmm. what we kept saying. <laughs> right. It's a really long spring break, mm-hmm. and then yeah. it just wasn't. And it just went on and on. Uh huh. Yeah. yeah. What a crazy time. Mm-hmm. Let's not I'd do that again. Please. Never. No, I can't. Mm-mm. Yeah, that was not good for extroverts. I was. It not was okay. horrible. Yeah. I think. I think the day of the shutdown, like the Friday when everything was just like really kind of hitting the fan, yeah. I think Ben and I got together and it was like, all right, let's make a plan. Yeah. And also let's keep healthy so we can just keep have a place to go. Right. Luckily we had, you know, we had the office where we could escape to. But I think was, I think that was the thing too, is is everyone at once facing your mortality mm-hmm. is a very surreal and yeah. unpleasant experience. Yep. Um yeah, my, my boss at the time at, at Jazz Arts Group, I, th- I know he'd be okay sharing because he shared mm-hmm. it with everybody, but mm-hmm. he was one of the first people that I knew that was diagnosed, and he was on a ventilator, and it was very scary, and he survived like a champ. Um, he's a two-time uh, Purple Heart recipient from Vietnam, oh so he's gosh. a tough guy, yeah. but it was terrifying. It's yeah. so scary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And not knowing what to do, not knowing what was right, mm-hmm. and the kids freaking out about yeah. stuff, and they were home all the time. Yeah. And- you know, you couldn't go around anybody without being like, oh, are you sick? You know, right. and getting COVID was yes. almost like a death sentence, yeah. you know? Yep. Now it's like, yeah, can we can we just accept <laughs> that this is happening? Exactly. I'm vaccinated. It's a cold at this yep. point. Yep. Can we get back on stage? Right. You know, we're still canceling. Oh, well, in choirs, you know, uh, not being directly mm-hmm. related in choir, but I just felt for all of my friends. And I remember I went to uh, – 
oh gosh, I can't remember, First Community Church um, in Dublin. My dear mm-hmm. friend Amy Blosser is the conductor mm-hmm. there, and I often play for their Christmas shows, and they decided to pre-record it in November mm-hmm. of 2020 to air on Christmas evening because they weren't, weren't yeah. going to happen. And I got there, I was playing a piece with, I think it was just one singer, flute, and piano, mm-hmm. and I walked in as they were rehearsing, and I heard someone singing. This was, you know, again in November live and I completely lost it because I'd not heard a yeah. voice that wasn't on a recording. When I was teaching at Otterbahn, I'd hear that every day, right? right. You know, hear people singing yep. and rehearsing and everything. And it really yeah. was awful. And they had this long stick that they for the eight feet oh, or whatever we needed, yeah. you know, and and so, you know, they I put put my mask on and mm-hmm. I take it down just to play a little bit and then I put it back on and take We were actually just talking about that on the last podcast that I think it was kind of the downward slope in 21 and we decided Mm -hmm. to have in-person podcasts again. And one of the first was our friend Billy Zen, who's a local musician. Mm -hmm. And it was the first time that we had heard somebody playing live music. Just Didn't it just hit you like a ton of bricks? Weeping. But it's also in a weird, sick way, in a strange sense, it's like... It was so good to appreciate those things again. I know. You forgot how much we took advantage of of all of that. And Mm -hmm. I don't want to do it again. I appreciate what we we had. We appreciate the lesson. But but it was a reckoning for the arts. It was, um, you know, who'd make a great interview we is Angela Melica, who, yeah, yeah she's fabulous. Yep. And she, you know, she went to bat for the arts to, mm-hmm. to discuss how the arts are an economic, mo- you know, they, yeah. they, they move everything. Totally. Because when you go out for a show, you go get a drink before, mm-hmm. right? And yep. you ha- you meet your friends afterwards, yep. you know, wherever it it impacts our economy, mm-hmm. not just the ticket seats and all right. of the people that the arts employ. Mm-hmm. All of that came to head, you know, really to be highlighted during yep. the pandemic. Well, and everybody else went back. Mm-hmm. Everybody else found a way to go back, Correct. but we still couldn't do it. because yep, we could not gather. Nope. Yep. It was insane. Mm-hmm. It's just like, you know, you guys are complaining about the stupidest stuff. Meanwhile, right. we can't get people back. People aren't working. Yeah. 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 But... I know some people who unfortunately left the arts and didn't go back, which mm-hmm. breaks my heart. But I understand you got to work. You got to absolutely have insurance, and, and when and it, it kind of showed where the support really was yeah. for things, and that was unfortunate. Yeah. But, but speaking of the arts, yes. you you then took a job at the McConnell. I did when- so after eight years at Jazz Arts Group. Um, I ended up becoming the director of development there, mm-hmm. and development is not as scary as you think, by the way, because it's really it's not it's not as transa- transactional as it may yeah. seem. It's not me sitting down and saying I need ten thousand dollars for mm-hmm. this. It's me sharing our mission first of all mm-hmm. and ways that you who own an oil company I have so many of those yeah. well right you know <laughs> that you can support what we do and yeah. if I know that you own an oil company $10,000 ask is that's Nothing. what you made in, in interest in one mm-hmm. of your checking accounts yesterday mm-hmm. so you know I should own an oil company uh, everyone should uh, right really? <laughs> yes <laughs> Yes. I'll get on that. That'll be the next. That'll be tomorrow. Exactly. Yeah. Boxland yeah. Oil Company. Correct. Exactly. <laughs> I'm sure it's going to be exactly. great. It'll be wonderful. But uh, so I. I'm buying the URL right, right now. now. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Boxland Oil Company. Uh-huh. So I, my time had come to an end at, at Jazz Arts Group. Was, yeah. I was looking for new opportunities and a job came open mm-hmm. at the McConnell uh, as director of development. And when I started, there were three employees because they were just rebuilding from mm from uh, COVID. And then last October, I had this opportunity to become the executive director. Mm -hmm. And it's been kind of like being shot out of a cannon. Um, But you're used to that. You do that. I do that. And I do pivot. Yeah. I've done a lot of pivoting in my career. And I can roller skate, right? It's like, can you roller skate? Of course I can roller skate. Of course I can. Yes. So it's, you know, you only know what you know. Mm -hmm. And the first day I was there, the fire uh, chief showed up for the fire inspection. I was like, oh, let's figure out what that looks like, you know? And I I find that if you are very transparent and honest and say, I have no idea what you're talking about. Can you Mm -hmm. walk me through this? People are very willing to help. Absolutely. And if you ask for help, I I Mm -hmm. think it's when people have airs or pretend like they know what they're talking about that you don't get as much. I just have no idea. I think that's an age thing though too. Yeah. I feel like I do a lot better with that now than I used to. Exactly. Being like, no, I really don't understand. I really need some clarification. I need you to explain this to me as if I'm Mm -hmm. a kindergartner and then, Mm -hmm. and then we can move up from there. So, or do I need Mm -hmm. to understand this? That's right. Exactly. What part of this is part of my knowledge. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Because I really don't want to learn new things if I don't have to. No, there's not much room in there left. I prefer to keep it of like things that'll go well on Jeopardy. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Good trivia night. Trivia, yeah. Right. Pretty 
good at trivia. Yeah, exactly. So the the beautiful thing that I inherited was uh, the former executive director did an amazing job getting all of the COVID relief money uh, so that the MAC is in a financial place that it has mm-hmm. never been in in the 14 years. And cool. so I'm very lucky. It's much easier to do things when you have money. Much guys, easier. And you guys are so good at getting the community involved. and That's, that's a huge um, goal. And it's important to me mm-hmm. as a member of my, my community is that that's sort of how I was raised, is that you're yeah. part of this big ecosystem. So I never – it is very rare that I turn down a meeting or a phone mm-hmm. call because I figure – something can come out of it. Even if I say no, I had a company recently that wanted to approach us about being a fiscal sponsor for them. So they are not a 501c3, Mm -hmm. but they wanted to accept some donations. Terrible fit for us, but a really great organization that is now on my radar and I hope to support in any way that I can. But again, nothing lost in a conversation. Nope. Nope. And it's what we've learned just by being here for a couple of years is just how community-based Worthington is. Mm -hmm. And I, I mean, I love Westerville. That's mm-hmm. that's my home. Yeah. But I love working in Worthington and being a part of yeah. of this community. It's the small town that I never. I mean, you know, when I moved to Columbus, I downgraded by almost a million people growing mm-hmm. up in Phoenix and this yep. huge metroplex. So that was more small town than I experienced. But Worthington is the coolest microcosm because really I go to La Chateau Lane and yeah. I know I'm going to see people right. I know, and I go to the right. bank and they know yep. my name, and mm-hmm. it is kind of like being in a small town yep. surrounded by an awesome huge city, you know. And yeah. so many cool things. What are your favorite places in in Worthington? Worthington, darling. Um, so definitely La Chatelaine. Mm-hmm. Um, hu- huge fan of Joya's. Okay. You know, that that is definitely mm-hmm. food-wise my favorite. Um, those two places are really, really excellent. I am a big Pilates person. And mm-hmm. so there's a club Pilates um, that opened in the new little area up there. Um, it is by by the across from the Kroger. Okay. On Wilson Bridge. Yeah. Just yeah, west yeah. of High. Mm-hmm. And um, I love the farmer's market, mm-hmm. the Sunday fun days. I mean, there's so much happening and going on. It's – again, it's like a small town, mm-hmm. which I just never got to experience yeah. growing up. It's really yeah. special. It's so cool. It's really cool. I always remember, too, because, you know, since we're from Gahanna, it was so close by. Mm-hmm. And I always remember Worthington was known as, like, the theater. Uh-huh. You know, Thomas was Very known cool. as the theater school. Yeah. And, you know, to have the Mac right next yeah. door to it was just like, oh, this is a supportive arts place. Yeah. We like this. Well, I have to say that the, the city of Worthington gives us a quarter of our funding for the year. Cool. Without them, the Mac would not, in its mm-hmm. current structure would never be able to survive without that funding you know so the fact that the city sees the value in Mm -hmm. that is extraordinary because they don't have to nope there's no reason they got lots of places to spend their money lots of things need to be upgraded and moved and Mm -hmm. developed but it's pretty amazing the the importance of it they do so we you know when the city calls we had a a wonderful party with matt mcgreevy when he left Mm -hmm. as a city manager and they said you know how much would it be to rent the building and i said your money's no good here right we're not taking your money no you give us the money for the building this is the city but no uh tomorrow tomorrow thursday bonnie michael is uh is that tomorrow no, today is. I have no. We had Monday off, so we have no I idea. I guess today's Tuesday. Today is Tuesday. Okay, yes. Yeah. Thursday. So Bonnie Michael is retiring after many years on city council. Okay. Same thing. They called me and said, "What would it be to rent the building?" And I said, "Not on my watch. No, mm-hmm. no, 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 no way." I said, "Come, just come. Cool. We'll set it up." So that feels really good to be able to extend that mm-hmm. whenever we can. You know, when yep. city council calls, that yeah. we'd love to give them that space. Yeah. Why uh, not, right? Duh. Yeah. I mean, and we'll have 200 people come through our building. Mm-hmm. I would I would love to think that all of them have been there, but I know there will be people who and, – and that's what I love mm-hmm. at those kind of events. I always try and make myself available that I can greet people. Yep. And if someone says they've never been in, I'm like, let's cool. do the tour. Let me show you. Yep, I'm going to show you yeah. all the things. It's a cool building. Can I brag about it? Please brag about it. So it's 20,000 square feet. It's um, that big. It is that big. It was oh built in 1915. It is the original. It was a school, wasn't it? Was it was the Worthington High School. That's it. And the Kate Lalonde at the Worthington Historical Society found us an article from the newspaper that I was reading with no context or date mm-hmm. at first. And it's talking about the new high school being built. And for one second, I thought they were talking about the renovations. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, my God, they're talking about the building I'm sitting in. Oh, my god, It's so cool. Oh, it's really cool. So we're working on our 15th anniversary is in November, and we're gonna okay. we're gonna 
highlight some of those things. So anyway, 1915, okay. it's built. High school is there. They obviously outgrew it at yeah. some point. Oh, Therefore, yeah. Thomas is built. And they kept the Mac as they called it the annex. So mm-hmm. they had arts classes okay. there. They had theater things. Then it was just storage. And then it was nothing. And the, the before pictures are extraordinary because you can't quite picture. Like you look at the pictures like, what room is that? You know, someone did an oh, wow. extraordinary job. It's Hanlon and Rinaldi. Uh, mm-hmm. they, they did the renovation in 2009. Okay. And the McCullough family made the lead gift that kicked off the fundraising. And this group of just absolutely oh, visionary members of our community decided yeah. that this needed to be an art center and convinced the city and the schools. And here we are. And it's amazing. So 20,000 square feet. In the basement, there's a ceramic studio, mm-hmm. a dance studio. We have a brand new dance floor that we used a little bit of our COVID money okay. to get. That was wonderful. Those are not cheap. Real, they are. Okay, well, I'll tell you that story. Ooh. The story I inherited was that they were $20,000. So who has $20,000? No one, not yeah. us. Our and, oil company will, though. Well, in your in your your yeah. your change in your, yeah, in your, yeah, 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 in your Mercedes, yeah, in the coin, you know. <laughs> um, but... We called Harlequin, the dance studio that mm-hmm. makes the the floors, and we said we're in need of a this size space. And they mm-hmm. said, funny story, somebody ordered one in Ohio and had to cancel the order, and it's six inches shorter than what you need. Mm-hmm. How about would you buy it for seventy five hundred? And and obviously we got the credit card out, and yeah, you know, uh-huh. yes, we will buy it today. Uh huh. So we got that. Oh my god. So that's beautiful. And then in the basement, we also have more classroom space, mm-hmm. which is becoming more and more. Uh, there's very few times there are very few times when those rooms are not being used mm-hmm. i mean it's just constantly busy it's great mm-hmm. our poor custodian is like dashing in and out between things and he's wonderful and i think him every time i see him yeah, it's a busy that's building. a lot uh then on the main floor is where we have our art gallery and we have an extraordinary exhibit in right now with april tsunami who is i just saw that post oh yeah God, come see it. oh, it's so it's beautiful cool. she's Amazing. Do you have new artists every month then? It's about every eight weeks okay. we trade out. So about six times a year okay. that we have new exhibits. Yeah. And what's really exciting is we did a call for artists. Mm-hmm. And now this is not until I think fall of 25 because we're okay. booked out really far. Yeah, I thought we'd have, I don't know, five or ten. We had 33 artists apply to, to be – featured in our gallery. So oh I'm gosh. I'm luckily not part of the committee that uh-huh. picks it because that yep. sounds stressful. You're like, so good. Don't have to. Can't wait to see it. <laughs> you know, yeah. And so that was very exciting. Now, are they – they're not just Worthington artists. It's no, all it's, uh, we, we try and do Central Ohio to keep that – Okay. You know, there's so many people doing great things mm-hmm. that we want to differentiate ourselves, and that has always been what the MAC has done. Not that we will always do that, but mm-hmm. for now that feels very authentic and yeah. real. Yeah. We What's lovely is that we we don't pay them to exhibit their work. That is not a traditional model of any, mm-hmm. any art space. But we obviously – if something sells, we take a very small commission mm-hmm. – and then we do pay them to do a gallery tour mm. and often a panel discussion or yeah. some sort of other accompanying. Yeah. So it, we we want to pay artists. Mm-hmm. You know, that's our big thing is that's part that. of our, our mission. So what is your – I know this is weird because you are a flautist, but – what is your favorite art form outside of? I love I something we don't have unfortunately, which is sculpture. I, okay. I love marble sculpture. Really? I, I will go anywhere in the world to see marble sculpture. Yeah, I love that. I don't know if it was from my first art classes, seeing the the Michelangelo Pietà or you know, mm-hmm. whatever it is. But I'm always I'm drawn to that. Okay. Yeah. What about you? Do you have a favorite? Oh golly, not really. I learn more to appreciate art. Um, working at the art museum. Mm-hmm. I worked at the front desk of the museum. I knew mm. nothing about art and I thought, I don't need to. I'll just no. show people where the bathrooms are. <laughs> but I learned how to appreciate it and how to look at something more than just, you know, like for me, it's like, what story is this telling? Exactly. Um, I mean, photography is always a big one for me because mm. I like the realistic yeah. sense of it. But trying to understand more paintings and things like that definitely just painting is my my happy place modern is fine one of my favorite things that we do are those artists tour because Mm -hmm. i have the privilege of every day walking by these pieces Mm -hmm. but i try to always go to the the artist talk because someone will point out one little thing that i've never even noticed yep and they will explain what inspired them to do that particular thing and it changes your complete way of looking at it which is so awesome. There was one day we walked through, we were doing a, a one of the gallery tours and uh, with Megan Green, who were, mm. who's wonderful at the art museum. And two of the interns stopped and she just said, she looked at this picture, this painting of three women standing in New York. I don't remember the title of it or the artist, of course, because I don't. It's not on Jeopardy. Yes. Um, 
But she said, that woman killed her husband. They're burying him right there. And it was great. And we we suddenly were thinking of like dialogue you could read their, for that. Yeah, read their body language oh, in a different way. Yeah, and it was just the coolest thing. And it actually inspired me to do a camp at the museum about we made a we picked a painting and we made a play. Oh, out of it. I love that so much. But it was it was a good way for me to stop from just perusing by. Yeah. and understanding a little bit yeah. and not feeling like you have to be an art history major no. too. To appreciate no, it, no, exactly, or know anything about it, you exactly. can just, you can like, just it. like it. It's yeah. it's really okay, and and I think that's the same with classical music. As as mm-hmm. you don't have to know, you know that Beethoven dedicated this piece to Napoleon, and then mm-hmm. he felt he felt completely betrayed by Napoleon, so he scratched out the dedication on the on the front of the manuscript. You don't have to know that to like the Eroka Symphony. You can just no, love it because it's amazing. Kind of makes it even cooler. It is so though. cool. It's cool knowing the back. It, you know, yeah. Pro Musica is doing a series called Naked Classics, okay. where they peel back the layers mm-hmm. of a piece of music and they explain it. You know, they, okay. they yeah, they and and they, and that does make the it makes it really interesting. Yes. Isn't that great? I love Pro Musica. Yeah, too. I do too. But I interrupted myself, which I I'm do sorry. very well. No, I interrupted myself. So on the main floor, we have the the gallery, and then we have an, another classroom, and then we have our 213-seat auditorium, auditorium, which is beautiful. There's no bad seat in the house. Nope. You know, it's a wonderful space. And then on the second floor, we have another place to have our – we uh, we call it our corridor gallery across mm-hmm. there, and then our administrative offices and our largest classroom is up mm. there, our painting and drawing classroom. Okay. And it's, it's an awesome space. I mean, we're bursting at the seams, which is cool. a great problem. It's kind of like you guys at your last yeah. location. You know, yeah. you're just growing out of it. So, are I, you? I mean, is that a thought of it's, potentially? It's my thought. It's yeah. no one else's thought. But I, I, I have, I have made maybe mentioned to the universe about expanding that we would, you know, we would absolutely make use of it. You know, if and when we do oh, something sure. else. I hate yeah. to even say it too loud, but you know, right. I mean. We, we could do more. Yeah. I mean, we're offering each term. We're offering fifty five zero classes per term. Yeah, the, and they're filling. And they're filling. And the problem is, you can only put so many classes in a room, and therefore we've really hit, that's it. I mean, fifty is. I mean, fifty is incredible, and it's way too much for our little staff. But we can't get any bigger until we have more space. True. So we're gonna just try and keep refining, figure out mm-hmm. what is the need, mm-hmm. what is the what is the want of the community that they that they desire, what classes we have new, oh my gosh, every day instructors approaching us to teach new things, oh, cool. which is really cool. Um, people wanting to perform in our space, yep. all of that, which feels it feels good to be wanted. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, I don't know if you saw the uh, Columbus Underground list, but they did they do a top 10 list of lots of things in the city. And okay. they had it was the top 10 cultural institutions in Columbus. And the Mac was number six. <gasps> and we've never been on Which that is list pretty before. amazing. Amazing. I mean, considering who you were up against. In oh, those it's the Wexner and uh-huh. the Columbus Museum uh-huh. of Art and King Arts Complex. I mean, it's all the it's all the major the players, the yeah. biggies and the, you know, Cultural Arts Center. And we are and we, it's not like we went to our people and said, please vote for us. No, no, it was on no one's radar. So that's so cool. That feels really good. Oh, that's amazing. I have a question. Yeah. Oh. Exactly how haunted is the Mac? Oh. On a scale of one to ten and eleven. Yeah, it's I think we talked about this the first time I met you when we were like, we've met before. Have, how have we not met before? But right. Anyway, yeah. Yeah. Well, the building was built in 1915. Yeah. How could it not mm-hmm. have some of the energy of the people that have come? I don't have any like official story that someone died in the building, God forbid, or something like that. But I am telling you, I have heard things in there that don't make sense. I've had I had this exact same experience in the basement of the Southern Theater. Mm-hmm. I was down there once. Uh, there was a very loud Columbus Jazz Orchestra concert going on right above my head, mm-hmm. and I swear I was not there by myself. And I know I wasn't there by yeah. myself. And and all of us know, we joke about the small Victorian children that inhabit that building, but also don't joke about Yeah, we don't joke about them. Because it's, no, 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 we're, they're welcome. They're totally <laughs> fine here. If you talk to them, tell them they can stay. Yeah. <laughs> so We had, during COVID, when we were doing podcasts over Zoom, yeah. I was working at the CPAC at the time, which okay. is notoriously haunted, yes. but I'm also notoriously not wanting to meet any of them. <laughs> And the ghost hunters we had on the podcast said, you know, because I told them, I said, I walk in here every day and I say, I'm just here to work. They said, that's exactly what you need to do. But they also appreciate that you're here working for the arts because Mm. that's what this building is for. And so that's when you said, you know, it's been the arts for such a long time. No one has felt any kind of 
bad energy whatsoever, mm-hmm. but but the custodian, anybody who's opened or closed the building, you just listen and those sounds don't make sense. Yeah, what what are those sounds? Yeah. yeah. We we've had the the um security alarms go off once or twice in my tenure where there was no reason for them to go off. So that's a little weird. Kids screwing around probably. Yeah, the Victorian yeah. children. Yeah. So we, we don't want to see them. No, I don't need no. any more evidence. Nope. I'm 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 a believer. Yeah. Yep. They're there. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, we have some pictures up around the building that have, you know, class of ought, whatever, you know, and there's class of uh, 1920 and you see their faces and there's like Cornelius mm-hmm. and Gertrude mm-hmm. and all those old timey names. And I just say hello. Hi, guys. Glad you're here. Yep. Yeah. No, but we should. That would be. We can that would be amazing. I would love that. I yeah, that'd be cool. It's one of those things like you don't really want to know. Like, like, am I opening up well, a portal to something bad? And I think I think it would just confirm what <laughs> we all feel, you know. Yeah. But right, I would not want to start anything. <laughs> right, like, we're good. Right, just keeping that open. Yeah, we're, everyone's happy with you being here. He had said when when they talked about it, they went into an old opera house that they they knew was haunted, and they said they were up in the in the wings, not the wings. I'm a little tired today, okay. <laughs> but they were up in um, just above the stage, and they recorded. Didn't hear anything, but when they got it back, they heard a man singing opera. Mm-hmm. And it's just like. Where does that energy go? Right. Right. It I mean, it, yeah. Yeah. I just can't believe that a building that is that old doesn't retain something, you right. know? So. Right. And they talk about, you know, with theaters that there's so many outside energies being brought in. It's not that somebody has to die in the right, space. Right. 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 But I mean, think about the Southern. The Southern is my mm-hmm. favorite theater in town, Same. even over ours. I, yep. I love ours, but the Southern. I, so and gorgeous. and I was, I was, I've become very good friends with Michael Hurwitz, who was essential mm-hmm. in the renovating of that. And mm-hmm. there is. Um, if you ever can, if you ever stand on the stage of the Southern, if mm-hmm. you look up, there's a very large panel that you can see was once cut out, and they there's they, in the turn of the century there was a troupe that did a, something with a harness, and mm-hmm. so the person was harnessed on the stage and he would fly up to the balcony, and that's how they had it. They they they, they okay. had it, you know like the fly mm-hmm. up there and everything. Um, Michael found the the trap the trapeze harness up there, you know. So like if if artifacts are left behind mm-hmm. on top of it's, it's 900 people. If you have uh-huh. 900 people come through every day for over 100 years, yeah. how can it not have some sort of good juju? And oh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, I, I love traipsing down that theater, all the operas we did there, and I got to go downstairs and be <laughs> all around. That so oh, it's so, so beautiful. When it's I, creepy, for sure. For but. sure. When I when I moved here in the fall of 98, that's when it reopened. Mm. And I can remember. It's weird. You know, you don't remember your a lot of things. Half your life you don't remember. Yeah. But I remember walking in. Be, I, growing up in Phoenix, nothing looks like that. Nothing looks no. like that. I mean, there's an no. Orpheum Theater that is almost 100 years old now in Phoenix, but it's not, it would have been 70 years old right. then, you know, not yeah. 100 years. And I just, oh, I fell in love. So, so beautiful. Oh, my gosh. The only thing I can't do in there, honestly, to me, the Second scariest balcony. part, balcony. Silicon Balcony. You just look like you're going to fall to your death. Yeah. I'm not a huge fan of those nope. seats either. I don't like really heights. I me. can't even walk out yeah. to the front of it. Yeah. No. that's I, I try and pay for more expensive seats because uh-huh. it makes me really mm-hmm. – I, I brought a group of students from Otterbein once and had a, had a student have a full-on panic attack. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I can't remember what we did if we found her another spot or – I know she didn't sit with us because she nope. was not interested. Nope. And I think a lot of the operas, we didn't have anybody up there because it's just so – I mean, you are looking down. However, the acoustics in there. Amazing. And you can't have a private conversation on the stage because we do that in rehearsal. Somebody would be like, you know, shut it, you know, whatever you can hear. They'll hear you. They'll hear you. Because you figure pre – when it was made, it had to be that way. How else would you hear the people? There's no breaking them, you know, so. No. Yeah. It's such a beautiful space. I love it. And I love the West End next door. Mm-hmm. And did you know on the second floor of the West End where there's the balcony that walks around, mm-hmm. there's a sign that that explains the why the, the width of the hallway is the way it was when it was to uh, accommodate hoop skirts. Because hoop skirts were quite in fashion when it was built. And there's a nice little plaque that tells you. Oh, my gosh. And did you know that there is a, um, what is that called? A time capsule. In yeah. Weston, and unfortunately, I think we'll all be dead by the time it's opening. Yeah, it's, that's it's, right. But but it, because unfortunately, I think it was done in like the late '90s, so we'd be, have to be like okay. really old. But anyway, but it's it. I would loved. I oh, love stuff so like cool. that. I, do, I love yeah, I do stuff too. like that. Is there a time capsule in the McConnell? Do you know? No, but we should put one. You should do one. Yeah. You do one for the fifteenth. That's such a good idea. Totally do that. What would you put in there? It's a great question. 
I've never done one, so I don't know what the protocol for a good time capsule well, is, but I, historical elements of the time. Right. Definitely. What you know, things that are are common now. I'd love to put in something about the mermaid. Now, do you know mm-hmm. about our mermaid? Mm-hmm. Yes. So I, you know, we have some stickers and yep. some things like that, but I'd want to put in some information about mm-hmm. our mermaid because I don't know if the mermaid will be around whatever how many years we decide to right. open it up, you know. Oh, Sad to think about, right? I know. Like, if we oh, do, I won't be around. If we do it 50 years, I, I don't think I'll be there. You might. I might. It'd be really old. You may not but, you know, know what's going on. <laughs> right, right, exactly. You're not in a McConnell, what? Uh, exactly. Yes. I worked there, you know, but yeah. Oh, no, so it's interesting. You should do that. I love that. It's yeah. It's a really good idea. Get some music in there. Yeah. The sheet music, because I don't know what you'll be playing it on in This is the problem, years. right, is that the, the medium changes every mm-hmm. five minutes. It's a good question. Oh, yeah, an old cell phone be cool. Yeah. Because they'll probably do it with their iris by then, right? Like 50 sure. years from now, like you would just what think did, What did in. Back to the Future have us? Well, we're way beyond that by this point. Yeah. That was, what, 2002? Yeah. Yeah. Or was that 20? I don't remember when the future Or was it 2020? 2020 or 20? Yeah, 2020. Something like that. Something. We, right, but we we, except for the flying well. cars, we have everything else. We did. Yeah. Yeah, even watching that, though, I'm like, no, that wouldn't have worked. I'm glad yeah. we didn't do that. Yeah, I would like a hoverboard, though, sometimes. That'd be cool. Be okay with that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so excited for you guys, and I'm so excited that we're a part of the same community and yes. we get to work together on stuff. So tell people what's next at the McConnell, yeah. what's coming up in the next month, couple of months. So many exciting things. We're doing the second half of our performing arts series. Uh, so our season runs like most performing arts thing, mm-hmm. you know, September to May. Yep. So we have the second half of a series that I created called Cultural Connections. Mm-hmm. It was an idea that I had that um, that's part of the cool part of my job is, some you know, I get to make up some neat things and, and see if they stick, which is mm-hmm. love that. And this one stuck. It was the idea that we have performers of cultures way beyond European classical music, for example, mm-hmm. in, in our community. Mm-hmm. And we want to feature them. So in the spring, we have in February, we have Gore African Dance and Drum. They are mm. we have two West African dance and drum uh, troops in Columbus. And the thing I love about Columbus is there's room for everybody. Yep. So let's have a third. That sounds great. Right. So Gore is coming in a few weeks in February, and then in April we have a gentleman who is a OSU grad mm-hmm. who is from Tanzania who is a Maasai warrior. He is the most delightful gentleman. His, his the, the he calls her he calls her mama. He's not she's not her his mm-hmm. birth mother, but she was sort of his sponsor for him to come mm-hmm. to the U.S. through her church. And he likes to talk about his culture, and he'll do a whole presentation. So it's called the presentation is called Growing Up Maasai. Oh wow! And then we also have a group called Hua Yun, which is a Chinese dance company. That mm-hmm. again, these are all Central Ohioans that live yep. and breathe and work in our same community, and we will highlight that on our stage. So cool. Very exciting. We have quite a few bands in the spring. We don't always focus on bands, but we have a local band called Lightning Express that is Mm going to play. Um, We have a two-night series of a band called A Hard Day's Night, and they're Mm -hmm. a Beatles tribute band. Mm -hmm. This is a very significant year for the Beatles. It's the 60th anniversary of a release of one of their major albums. Well, they're all major albums. Yeah. I'm saying one of their albums. Mm -hmm. And so they'll do a two-night, two two different shows on the two different nights. And a continuation of our exhibition on screen series, which is a documentary film series. We're going to expand our film offerings next year. We've had some amazing opportunities come our way. Again, just fast and furious opportunities. And we have a really nice audience for that. Mm -hmm. And then we're continuing something that I started in the fall, which is a lifelong learning institute. Mm -hmm. And so folks come in. uh, We did Wednesdays in the fall. We're trying Tuesdays just to see, capture a different audience. And it's 10 weeks or eight weeks of Um, programming about anything. We have someone talking about the Intel project. We Mm -hmm. have someone in town who is a, an amateur musician who um, collects rare cornets of all things and does this fabulous presentation on them and plays recordings of them and historic and brings them. So you can see them a little bit of everything. Um, Let's see what else. We have our annual gala coming up in mm. March, on March 8th. I just okay. had a painter reach out to me yesterday. She came to visit me today. Mm. She's going to donate a painting for that. Okay. So that's incredible. Yeah. And that is called where the theme is the Four Seasons. So it's taking Vivaldi's Four mm-hmm. Seasons and we're, we'll decorate our building in different – the rooms will be the different seasons. We have a wonderful violinist named mm. Siwoo Kim who is a proud uh, Westerville Central graduate. Cool. Westerville North, I may have said that wrong. Anyway, Westerville High School graduate. Yes. And he went to Juilliard and has an international touring career and soloist career with orchestras around the world. In 
the last weekend of February, he's going to play the entire Vivaldi Four Seasons with the Westerville Symphony. And so I stole him uh-huh. with everyone's permission. Uh-huh. And he's going to do an abbreviated version of that to Ooh. cap off our yeah. gala. So we'll raise lots of money okay. for the Mac that night. Nice. So that'll be fantastic. So and then... We should go to that, button. Yeah, I should totally come. Yeah. And then we end or kick off the summer with our arts festival. Love so the arts fest. We we made our triumphant return to the to the four mm-hmm. corners last year and we're mm-hmm. doing that again and we've already got artists applying and it's Is that June? It's June. Yep. Okay. It is uh, Father's Day weekend is, okay. is the weekend that it always falls on and it was amazing. We had 25,000 people come last year. It was packed. It was packed. Yeah. It, and, and the weather gods shine, just mm-hmm. smile on that weekend, so we can never, ever move it. Nope. Keep <laughs> the, it there. The Columbus Arts Festival almost moved this year, and we were like, ah. And no, they didn't end up moving, and so we're all, everyone's playing nice in the sandbox. And Love the that. city has grown up. I mean, yeah. there's so much happening. It's yep. hard to, there is no good weekend. There's not. Until they give me that fifth weekend I've been asking for for years in April, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it might be a little funnier. More. People are funny about changing the calendar. I know, so, but yeah. oh, I'm so excited for you guys. Yeah. I'm proud of the work that you're doing. Thank you're doing you. making great waves, and Thank so keep you. Doing. It's a really great time to be at the awesome. Mac. It's and fun. where can they find? information. Yep. So McConnellArts.org. Uh, we're on all the social things. Um, we have a really fabulous uh, MAC. MC. MCC. It's, it, it, it's sort of easy to remember. M-C-C-O-N-N-E-L-L. So doubles oh. of the C's, doubles okay. of the N's, doubles of the Just L's. no double M. Correct. McConnell. McConnell. Exactly. So McConnellArts.org. Love that. Yeah. And people can just stop in. Anytime. Yep. The hours are posted. They can come and see the gallery is always open and free. Mm-hmm. And the our parking lot is easy. Mm-hmm. That's real, by the Severely. way. Parking is yep. seriously I real. Will attest you to know, that. yeah, because yep. I, I I avoid places where I don't. Mm-hmm. Where am I going to park? I right. I'm not going to go. So or I to walk two miles to get to something. <laughs> exactly, especially in this weather. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> I won't walk out to the parking lot. I don't even like that. Right. right. Exactly. <laughs> well, thank you. I'm so proud of you, Kim. Oh, Thanks for coming down and chatting with us. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Yay. Yay. <laughs> Foxland Media, think big.